Hi. Hello. Welcome to It's a Shame. Yes, your podcast about breaking down shame. We're so happy you're here. Yes, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Get cozy. Yeah, because, you know, we're getting cozy. If it's your first time listening, I'm Danielle. Yes, and I'm Lily. We are your hosts. And um, we're going to take you on a long-ass meandering journey. Mm, usually, um, usually. Meandering being the operative word there. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, while there is a theme to this episode, as in every episode, it can um, get tangenty a bit mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. But that's the nature of a conversational podcast. Facts of life, man. Sometimes <laughs> I'm going to stray from conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start off by doing it right now. I came over to Lily's Night to podcast and um, I've been like working all day and I like went home and like took off makeup and, um, was coming over here and I put on socks and slippers and like an oversized coat. That's like way too big for me. Cause I was like, I'm just going to be comfortable. And I had completely forgotten that I told you that I was going to like swing into the store and pick up some wine. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh man. I, and I had like the slipper shuffle going, I you know, I had it. like the yeah. full, cause my slippers are backless. <laughs> so yeah, it was a mood. And then at first I was just like, Oh, if I run into somebody, I'm just going to. And then I was like, oh, fuck it. If I run into anyone I know, I'm literally just not going to say anything Yeah. because this is my life. But most people, you know, would just be like, this is an amazing look you have going on. And I'm into the slipper situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also they would see that I was buying wine and they would be like, this tracks. This tracks. Yeah. yeah. This doesn't seem far from how I picture her being on a, a typical <laughs> weekday evening. Yeah. They'd be like, are you on your way to podcast right now? <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> like, no, I'm drinking alone in my car, actually. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just got to. The other thing is like, I I'm, I have allergies right now as I do most of the year. So I feel like I have these like dark circles under my eyes that make me look like, it, like I have typhoid or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I just feel like I look a little deathly. You look great. Thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not saying it for the compliment, but appreciate <laughs> the compliment nonetheless. No, I mean, I'll just continue to compliment you because you're one of those uh, rare people. I don't know. I don't know. It's not rare maybe, but in, in my view, because I am not one of these people uh, where you don't have to wear makeup and you look like great. You're, you're sweet. I look like I'm on death's door when I don't you put makeup don't. on. I, I think that's in your head because I see you all the time without makeup and I Oof. don't think that you need it. But I do know that you enjoy the process of putting makeup on oh, and yes. it makes you feel more confident. So I get it. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, I feel like I also need it, but I am just really lazy. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. And it was funny because, like, growing up, I would be like, you know, oh, I want makeup or whatever. Like, mm, and my mom I could not would, wait. Me either. And then my mom would always be like, you know, this darkly cynical. It seemed cynical at the time because she would be like, wait until you have to wear makeup. Like, you don't even have oh. to wear it now. Like, your skin is beautiful and young and you're radiant, you know. Um, but now I get it because now yeah. I'm like, oh, I do need a little under eye patch of concealer. Yeah, you're always more like splotchy now. And like my face has kind of gone from like being all consistently oily to having like random dry patches. Oh, and, like, yes. I grew up with oh, semi oily skin and now it's like the Sahara. Yeah. And like I and I'm bad. I don't I don't put on moisturizer every night and I really should. Yeah, I am like obsessed. I can't, I can't stand it when my face feels dry, and yeah. I can't stand it when my hands feel dry. Yeah, you're good about moisturizing I, because it just bugs me so much. I can feel my skin like. Ugh. You're good about moisturizing the way I'm good about sunblock. Mm. Like even if I'm gonna be outside at all, like I'm like I have to put my sunblock on my face. Yeah, no, I always have sunblock on, also, but um, yeah. I don't know. It's probably because it's in my moisturizer. Yeah, same. <laughs> Fiona. Sorry, I just yelled into the mic at my cat. Um, she's having a, a pay attention to me scratching post on the couch moment. And, and she's I, basically destroyed my couch. And I used to be able to pull her away from the couch and she would be obedient. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I can listen to you. Mm-hmm. And now I try to pull her away from the couch and she like goes right back to it. Yeah. Like, you're not the boss of me. Totally. You're just a visitor in this house. Yep. <laughs> oh, cats. You've got so much attitude. They're like dog cats, though. Yeah, they really are. Oh, yeah. So I was telling Danielle before we started recording that um, this morning. So I don't have a doorbell, and we didn't have one at our other place either. Um, well, I have one here, but it doesn't work. Um, but we've noticed that whenever, like, they hear the doorbell on the TV, they just, like, perk up a little bit. 
except this morning they'd done something that I had never seen before. So they were like, Fiona was sitting on my lap like she always does when I'm getting ready in the morning at my vanity and Catboy was next to me and I was watching something on YouTube and like it made the sound of a doorbell. She leapt out of my lap and they both went like peeling out for the door. She's like, I'll get it. Yeah, they were, cause it's just so funny that they can like know that sound and that they know where to run to like, you know, figure out who's here. It's yeah, just, it's really funny. And it's, so dog-like. Yeah, it's very dog-like. <laughs> it's so weird. All that's missing is hysterical barking. Yeah, yeah. We if they could, they would. We just got a new um, doormat for the front door that says, no need to knock. We know you're here. And it has like little dog footprints on it because... <laughs> the, the dogs will alert you. The dogs will alert us <laughs> if there's anyone within like 700 feet of the front porch. So Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I have some underlying like... Um, thoughts right now and some oh. angst oh okay because um as you know uh we upgraded our bed we got a king bed and we're getting rid of the queen bed tonight and it's a rando from craigslist oh, meeting uh-huh. jamie at home alone and you know what i mean like i'm sure it's gonna be fine yeah but it's just one no, of those it was unnerving it, and it's in like the, <clears throat> the bed isn't we're getting rid of the queen bedroom and so yeah it's in the back bedroom and like mm. I, I didn't think anyone would take a used mattress but everyone i know who's put one on an alley or posted it on craigslist was like yeah people will take a free mattress yeah totally i posted it i got so many replies so anyway yeah i'm just like oh god please don't be a serial killer no i know that's always nerve-wracking especially on craigslist because like i don't know you just don't know you never know yeah and it's so hard to tell but uh it's like the dark web yeah you know what i mean (laughs) i mean it's good like it's how i've gotten a lot of cool shit but like you just don't know. Like that one post was, I was like so, so long ago and I can't remember what the heck I was even looking for, but it was like, it was this man, I'm assuming it was a man. It was a person who posted that they um, were having a yard sale mm. and they had a lot of um, clothing and stuff, mm-hmm. but it was like women's only, like oh. women's stuff only, like women's clothing. And women. like, they just made such an emphasis of like women's only. I was it's like, you're also, just trying to lure poor women to your they're house. like, it's also ladies night at our house. Yeah, ladies exactly. drink for free. I live down a up. dark alley and yeah. you know, the streetlight's just out. Sorry. Yeah. You'll know my apartment <laughs> because it's the one you're going to have to have a flashlight to find the door. Yeah, exactly. Um, there'll be creepy um, horror music playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Craigslist. Yeah, so. But congratulations on your new bed. That is always a lovely, beautiful thing to have. Look, I didn't know how badly I needed a king bed until until I had one. Yeah. Because we, I mean, like, we we would go, you know, we'd get king beds when we'd go to, like, hotels or Airbnbs. But then you don't have the dogs with you. But we don't have the dogs with (laughs) us. But then the one time in the last year we went to an Airbnb, I think we were in Palm Springs with my in-laws, and we had the pups with us, and... We both woke up and we're like, this is a game changer. Oh. Yeah. So, and it's been great. Makes I, a like, oh my huge God. difference. It's, I have somewhere to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if they start to crowd me. Well, the other thing I love about having a king bed is um, when you get, I love being like warm and cozy in the in bed, but then sometimes you just get too hot and you can like, like yes. roll over and have like a cool, a cool spot, spot to go to. And 100. it's amazing. Yes, absolutely. Um, I also love the size of king pillows. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that mm-hmm. was going to be a thing for mm-hmm. me. And so we actually got like these really nice, like long kings. Yeah, long. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Invest in good yeah. bedding. It's because I know? sleep with a pillow on my head. And so to have like a king size one where it like actually like there's room in there is like where it's like wrapping, you still have a lot of, I don't know, space to breathe basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah. I'm always impressed, like, when you and I, like, um, like when we were at Pappy and Harriet's for the weekend or the evening, and, like, we shared, we, we shared a bed in that little tiny, like, Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, I mean, every time I get to witness Lily sleeping, I'm always, like, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I never knew how you did it. I was, like, how is she not suffocating? And then finally that time, I, we were, like, we woke up because it was a pretty fun night. We mm-hmm. might have woken up still a little drunk. And oh, I'm, yeah. like how do you survive? Like we're in bed next to each other, like still drunk. Like, how do you survive with the pillow on your head? And you're like, well, you create an air hole. And I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah, a small area where you can breathe, but the pillow is on top of your eyes and your ears. And oh, I was like, amazing. and I have employed that technique now many times when Molly is just coming in a little too hot on a Saturday morning. It definitely helps. Yeah. For pets, especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Boy, for sure. Um, speaking of that area, and the, this is a terrible segue, but uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, uh, I was in Palm Springs this weekend, and it is just such a delightful, wonderful getaway. And then you Paradise. forget sometimes how much you just need, like, a break that isn't a vacation necessarily. Yes. It's just to, like, getaway, head reset, yes. recharge, break situation. And I'm like, we should just be able to do this more often. I know it's just so tricky with, like, you know, finances. work and finances yeah. and all that. I mean, you know, this was uh, – it came about because, you know, some friends of ours own a condo out there, and they very, very graciously uh, let us stay there. So it was, like, a free place to stay, and we were yeah. driving out. So it was, like – those scenarios are just the best yeah. case when you can just like really get out and feel like you're out of town, but like you can also be like, I'm still being frugal and mindful of my finances. Yeah, it's nice when that happens. It's like a mindful getaway. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. where you're like, I'm not staying, I'm not in my home. I'm mixing up my routine a little bit. Yeah. Yep. That's super nice. And Palm Springs is just always so nice it's just the pace is so much slower and it just it just it has the air about it that you're supposed to relax there yes and i don't know if it has something to do with just like being surrounded by mountains and just the stillness of them yes and then just like you know just looking up in the morning at this like grand mountain that seems like it's right next to you like almost like a wall in a house and it's just like radiating just like peacefulness yeah one of my favorite like I think part of the reason I'm so in love with Palm Springs is one of my life's greatest luxuries for me is anytime I can get an Airbnb with a private pool and from mm. the pool you can see the mountains yes and just, float on your back and look at the mountains yes oh my god or just to lay thing. by the pool and look at the mountains totally you know like I yeah it's 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 magic mm-hmm. yeah. it's a wonderful place if you haven't been to Palm Springs um you should try to go. Yeah. Um, it, it can be a little expensive sometimes, yeah. but you can get good deals on Airbnb. And also I, it's a best kept secret. So I'm kind of doing myself a disservice, but um, they have, uh, you know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think I do when I say it's our favorite pride city pride. Oh yes. 100%. Yeah, I yeah. love that pride. Um, yeah. So, you know, because Palm Springs is historically a very like well, sort of like a gay getaway for closeted homosexuals um, and and Carrie Grant (laughs) Um, and um, so many others. Um, But yeah, so, you know, it's continued that tradition and has a a large homosexual population and uh, it has its own sort of like gay district, which is very small, but it's very cute. Um, So they have a pride every year and yeah, I love it because it's so, like it's manageable it's manageable sometimes i get overwhelmed at pride i get overwhelmed in crowds um it's a little older yeah it's it is a little older, a little older. Mm-hmm. and i feel like it's it's small enough that you can kind of find like geographical hubs like where you know like it's going to be more mellow here because this is like an old you know kind right. of piano bar and this is where like maybe the the older gays will be yeah and then you've got like this the club. young club where like <laughs> yeah. the whippersnappers are but even then you know like a lot of pride events or like bars surrounding pride like our our san diego one in um hillcrest for instance a lot of the bars are like you're standing in line for like an hour plus mm-hmm. they're impossible to get into so it's kind of hard to join the party of pride yes and it's so much easier in palm springs because you know it's not overrun four of my living heroes i will post on the instagram this week like i I promise i will um (laughs) because i always say that and then i don't um are these uh four gentlemen who every year for pride do from what i've seen television themed oh yes oh i love them and when i run into them i Get starstruck as though like yeah. I just ran into like Miranda July. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just like, oh, hey, 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 guys! Like your costumes look good this year, you know. And I'm like, I become all weird, but they're just they're so invested. They're mm-hmm. so creative. How were they last year? When um, we ran Mama's in- family. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. my god, that yeah. was so good. And they're just oh, they're so invested. The costumes are so detail oriented. Yeah. And it's such a like as a New Orleanian who lives for costuming, it's just so fun to be at a festival. And to see people who utilize that as an opportunity to, to dress really up, dress and, up yeah. and do a costume. No, totally. So they are one of my little like Easter eggs that I look for when I go. Yeah. Um, but I wonder what they were. Well, I guess it would be last year. The first year. year was Golden Girls yeah, re- when we met them. I remember that. But then we didn't end up being able to go to Palm Springs Pride 
2019 because uh, we had just come back from New Orleans and we were we were broke. And you're broke. Yeah, Yeah, because it's like it's in November. And that's the the other thing that's so wonderful about it because, you know, they're waiting until, you know, most of Pride season is in June, July. um, But, you know, they have to wait in the desert until it's a more manageable temperature. So they have it. Yeah, they have it later in the year. So that's another thing, too, is it like you also get to look forward to it after like Mm -hmm. all the other Prides are over. Like there's still the Palm Springs one to And it's a nice way to like kind of mix it up. So we've committed we're going this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'll um I'll try to find those photos in my phone. Um, I think I have them from both years. Awesome. Yeah, it's just it's a um and just one more anecdote before we move on about <laughs> Palm Springs Pride. Um, this is the kind of like pride that it is. I wore a T-shirt, uh, not last year but the year before with Julia Sugarbaker on it. Oh yes. And um, I just one of it's again one of those like small digestible pride situations where like this guy who was marching in the parade like saw my shirt while he was marching and couldn't stop. And then later when he ran into me on the street, like hugged me and was like, I wanted to find you because of your shirt. And we had this great conversation and it's like, it's just, it's not so booming. And with so many people that you can't, you can't make connections. Yeah. Yeah. You can have like a conversation. Like we, you know, he didn't feel like it was just like high and by, like Mm -hmm. we actually got to talk about Delta Burke. And, yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. Well, and then even then, uh, I think it was the first year that we went, not the not 2018, uh, but we ran into people we know from San Diego yes. who we didn't know were going to be there. And super that was super fun. cool, too, because yeah. then, like, we were able to actually, like, find people and hang out with them. And, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a really delightful time. Now I'm excited for Pride I know. in Palm Springs. <laughs> like, when is November? <laughs> Maybe we'll do something this year at Pride Palm Springs for the podcast. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Maybe we'll do some kind of something or other. We should look yeah. into that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. I bet those guys have a hashtag, the costume guys. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, we'll figure that yeah, out. Yeah, we'll find them. Do you want me to tell you some brand new information? Yes, I would love for you to tell me brand okay, new information. Okay, so, well, this is not brand new information because you know this already. Oh. But this hmm. episode's about slut shaming. Oh, it is about slut shaming. slut shame. Yeah. So I did a tiny bit of research and reading after we decided this would be the topic. And what was really interesting to me is kind of how slut shaming has evolved with the times in terms of like digital technologies and the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. one of the most prevalent forms now of slut shaming is um, teens who sexed. Oh. And then they'll take screenshots of the oh. sexting and then they'll be like, look at what a slut she is. Like, look at what she says. Yeah. Look at and they're she... trying to like entrap them basically. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so, I mean, not just with sexting, but apparently like with any kind of like sending photos back and forth or, you know, things being filmed. So the slut shaming has taken on this whole new level where it can be exploitative. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I don't know that that was brand new information, I guess on some level I kind of knew that, but. Yeah. I didn't come of age in that that world. So right. it's kind of mind blowing to me. No, totally. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I, like should I tell you my brand new information? Is there a connection here? I don't know. Tell me. Well, yeah, I guess I can tell you because you know, I know who would have a lot to say about slut shaming and activities like that is uh Mother Brene. Mm-hmm. Um and I learned and I think I heard this on my favorite murder um, that she is starting a podcast. Yes. And apparently her trailer for the podcast. I listened to it today. Yeah. Uh, the podcast is unlocking us. Oh, sorry. I need to turn my phone off. Um, but yeah, so I listened to the trailer today and it sounds like such an incredible I'm so show. Excited. I am so excited. Yeah. I think it's going to be, especially the parts where she's talking about, um, like having people on who like might even irritate her a bit you know like who she's probably going to disagree with and yeah. just be able to like educate people from like ignorance too like that's yes. amazing i mean as someone who literally could like attack mitch mcconnell right now and just sh- shred him to pieces like the idea of like being in a room and making a conscious willful decision to have someone like okay i'm now gonna bring on someone that may annoy the fuck out of me or I'm going to be super irritated by or that I know that I don't see eye to eye with but I'm going to try to have the grace to have a meaningful conversation that's what we need in this country and um I love that she's modeling that I know it's gonna be so good that's awesome so yeah I guess the first episode 
Um, she's going to be at South by Southwest, so she's starting there. Oh, that's like, awesome. Doing like basically with like live recordings or recordings at, at South by Southwest, and so I guess the first ones come out on like March sixteenth. So very cool. Yeah, I mean, check it out if you even like us a little bit. You are going to love her. So it's called Unlocking Us, Brene Brown. Brene Brown, Mother Brene. Mother Brene. Because so many conversations about vulnerability, shame, et cetera, mm-hmm. are born out of um, research. And, yeah. Yeah. And just this idea that shame thrives in silence. So we have to talk about it. Right. Yeah. That's just, hi. That's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Wave emoji. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't wait to even be, you know. I just said wave emoji. I like it. Okay. Yeah, That's that was, funny. I, I don't know that I'm ever like. Kiss emoji or like wave emoji. <laughs> I just like spoke an emoji, which even when I text sometimes with emojis, I'm like, this is too much. So no, but I'm- I think that emojis are kind of taking on their own unique meanings that are a little bit more subtle than just being like, hi, or like I'm waving to you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when you say wave emoji, that means something different than just like, hey, wave. Girl, or whatever, yeah. you know, totally like wave emoji to me is like, hi. Like, been here all along. Yeah, like, exactly. Hi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just been sitting over here. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that's my brand new information. I'm very excited. I am too. So let's get to the topic at hand. Let's do it. Slut shaming. Where do you want to start? Well, so I, you know, I think that we can start, yeah, kind of with your brand new information and that type of behavior and, um, sure. and, and how, like, maybe... What different was, that is from our... Well, I was just going to say, maybe a question I should ask you is, Lily, what was slut shaming like back in the yeah. day for you? Yeah. Um, it was very... I mean, it was funny because when you're saying like, um, like taking pictures of people's texts or whatever, I do remember some people because we used to pass notes mm-hmm. and that was a thing like... Back in the day, children, when you still wrote with a pen and paper, um, we would like sit in class and we would either pass the notes in class mm-hmm. or we would um, pass them in between classes, in yeah. between periods in the hallway or whatever. We would be like, I wrote you a note when I was in Slide history in or whatever. Or yeah, or just like pass it off like by hand. Um, yeah. And we would write each other these long, long notes. And, you know, sometimes when mean girls were meaning, um, they would, <laughs> yeah, like expose those. Yeah. And like pass them to somebody else or at least, you know, like yeah. show them to somebody or like God forbid, show them to like the guy that somebody was writing about, you know, like that was definitely a thing that happened. Like here's actual evidence that this girl's like. I had this like crazy boyfriend in high school and I mean crazy, let's use a better word. I had a boyfriend in high school who was um, a big fan of nihilism and uh-huh. he was spoiled and he he liked to lie to me and he was dark and that was my first boyfriend like that and he was really into nine inch nails because of course, of course he, was. he was you know what I mean like he was that guy he yeah. was like that first guy in my life like where I was like I'm so attracted to this toxic dark energy mm-hmm. but after we broke up um he uh we were in high school and he had this like exhibit because he was a very talented artist and was a, a part of this kind of like advanced art program and he had made a sculpture and he made it from parts of my notes and I had oh, to like God. get my mom involved and the principal and he his parents are both pretty progressive and so they were like this is free speech and but it was like my parents were like this is exploitative and mm. it was like a whole fucking thing Ooh. haven't even thought about that till this moment I mean you couldn't I for the most part I don't think you could really make out what it was but it was my handwriting yeah and like everybody knew what was going on and those are like private thoughts like, yeah. between the two of you that's when I first got my red flag of like if he seems really tortured like he's just gonna torture you <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. like <laughs> often that is the case yeah but I mean I think that I mean do you did you feel at all like he was doing it in any sort of like revengeful way or he was just being very autistic I think that I think it was completely revengeful and yeah. I think he did it to make me blush and uncomfortable yeah I think he did that quite often right um but I think that you know because speaking of shame he wanted me to feel ashamed he wanted me to feel small and to shrink me and I think that his he's smart very smart guy I have no idea what he's up to these days um probably a leader of a cult (laughs) um but yeah I mean but I think at the time if you would have asked him I mean his uh, politic answer would have been no this is just an expression and right but another you know, tying it back to the whole slut shaming thing was 
um, this was a guy that I did a lot of firsts right. with. Uh-huh. And there was so much anxiety for me about like him telling people right, and or lying and embellishing things mm. and yeah, you know, small town, right? High school, mm-hmm. mean girls gonna mean, and so people are just looking for something. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, I think that I mean maybe we can go into it a little bit more later, but it's it's very in line uh, with the much more extreme version of that, which is revenge porn and like that oh whole God. horrible racket, and especially like how it mostly is uh, against men perpetrating it against women. women. Yeah. Um, and just, but then the ways that people react to it is so strange and well, it's, it's, bizarre. I, I feel like it's so, the thing about slut shaming is it's, it's predominantly, and I mean, for the sake of brevity in this podcast, I will be talking about slut shaming from the perspective of women being shamed. Right. Uh, because it predominantly is women being shamed, right? Right. Like men are allowed to be bachelors and playboys and right. whatever. And a woman and they is... might have sort of the opposite of slut shaming, right? Where yeah. it's like, if they're not experienced, they lie about it because like right. they get a lot of shit from their like, they're supposed friends. to be out tearing it up. Right. You know? Right. Right. And they're supposed to be really like hyper interested in sex and, right. and exploiting it and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But, and women are supposed to be virtuous and simultaneously, though, like really, uh, you're 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 supposed to be coy, but to a point, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you have to give it up. Then you're just a fucking cock tease, right? Exactly. And then you're problematic, right? And so there is no good narrative. Oh no! And like you're supposed to absolutely accept an offer of a date, but then if you you know eat a meal that they pay for, then you also owe them sex. But if you yeah. just say, I'm not interested, I don't want to go out with you, then it's like a rageful like. Well, it's all, I mean, at the end, you know, and I'm sure a lot of what we're going to talk about is it's all going to come back in the end to what slut shaming is really about, which is about control. Yeah. And men being threatened and, and other women potentially, which could be interesting for us to talk about, being mm. threatened by another woman who has control over her own body right. and her choices and says, no, I do like this or I, I want this. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that that that's interesting. Yeah. The sort of other women aspect of it or, you know, other girls, cause it happens when you're young too. Um, where I'd I say women too. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. But like it, yeah, it's mostly both. it starts when you're a girl. Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of that too probably stems a little bit from like being slightly afraid of your own power in sexuality because like yeah. female sexuality is very powerful. It's the it's most powerful. Very powerful one to to not really understand how to navigate that, but to watch other people navigate it and then like see what like society is telling them is okay and isn't and like kind of like taking your cues from like what's happening to other women as they explore their own sexuality yeah is a really weird interesting part of like growing up as a woman and it's it's almost like there are excuse me unintentional like lessons that you're supposed to gain you know what i mean these cautionary tales Mm -hmm. right you know what i mean there was always like the girl who was like known as like the loose girl. Or right. Like she was right, kind right. of like a slut and like she slept around and like, yep. I mean, and once even, you have that reputation in high school, it does not go away. It doesn't go away. And it's crazy. It's like so frustrating because now I look back on it and God, I wish I could just go back because I remember some of those girls and I was, I never, I mean, not in any virtuous way. Like I never, I don't, to my recollection, I might have talked shit about them at some point and been like, oh, like she's so, but I don't remember saying anything because I remember being really like envious. Mm. And I just remember thinking like, because I, I was so like my upbringing, the way that I was raised, like I was chased (laughs) to a certain point. And I, and I just, I didn't really want to be, and I was envious of like, a girl who was like, no, I wanted him. And then I, you know, and that yeah. happened and it was fine. And it was to me always more about like, like men got to be like experienced the more that they 
slept with women. Yeah. But as a woman, I always thought, well, I kind of want to know what I want, (laughs) too. You know? Like, I don't want to come in fresh and be like, well, I've only slept with one person, and now here we are walking down the aisle and betrothed. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah. It is really interesting because, you know, we grew up similarly religious, and, uh, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer in a lot of different ways, but I think that uh, I was also really just afraid. And so I think that seeing other girls my age kind of um, be able to handle Mm -hmm. the boys more in in a smarter, well, it's what seemed to me a smarter and more like sophisticated way Uh was, was interesting and fascinating. But at the same time, like I had made this like, strong pact with myself uh that you know I wasn't gonna have sex until I was ready and I wasn't gonna do anything that I wasn't like ready to do yeah and I felt like readiness I was physically ready my god I was a very horny teenager <laughs> very like couch humpingly horny um <laughs> so you were like hormonally you're like I'm ready I'm totally ready but yeah. your brain's like hey hey emotionally no yeah, absolutely yeah. not and and I kind of just told myself like hey I need to be able to be in this spot where I'm like, I feel responsible enough to do this. Yeah. And like, I feel like ready. And, but having said that, I don't remember judging anybody for doing it earlier or whatever. I think I get like scared for my friends sometimes because I would be like, you seem just as immature as me and like you're having sex and is that okay? And like, well, mine was like a flip side of this coin because my mom was always just like, this is the thing that men want from you. That's all they want. And like, once you give them that, that's it. And it's over. Right. And so like, in a, in a way, like my virginity was like a source of control. Mm. It was like, and I was under this like, misconception that somehow that you know like like I was empowered if I just like you know said no like I'm I'm not going to have sex with anyone and I'm you know yeah as opposed to like which I wouldn't learn until later through mishaps and the whatnot <laughs> like learning how to do what I wanted to do hormonally emotionally all of those things because for so long it was just like a waiting game and right. then it became a like well, we only did this and we didn't, because I didn't want, in a way, like I, I didn't want to have sex with anyone Yeah, from the town I was from because mm. it was so small and I was like, this is it. Like I'll never live it down. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's the other thing too, is that it's really hard when you're trying to um sort of figure life out and figure your body out and figure sexuality out to have to think that you're just going to become part of like a story and yeah. that story can go horribly wrong for you given like the wrong climate, the yeah. wrong, like, you know, like if like you're, you had been fighting with your friend group that week or whatever, they you know, totally they can tell. just turn on yes. you like so quickly. Or like if, you know, you got together with the wrong level of insecure guy and he's like, you know, for lack of a better term, locker room talking, um, you know, with his buddies and just feels like, you know, they're down on him this week and he needs to like, pump himself up yeah you know and then just like get into details too and like that's another thing also like you're so insecure at the that age because not many people have seen your naked body or experienced it in like a sexual way and so you're just like there's I just remember a lot of body shaming that the guys would do and talking Mm. about girls girls vaginas I remember like them joking about yeah. different girls' vaginas and that they were like smelly oh, or like their labia was shit. weird or like they didn't shave and like, you know, they there was so much vagina shaming that it was just like I was just like, Oh hell no. Yeah. None of you are seeing this shit. Yeah. Because I heard the way that they were talking and like very openly. And again, it's like it's this form of them like trying to have control and power. Because they, yeah. you know, it's it, it it's it's meant to diminish yep. the woman, and it's meant to yep. make them something that is, um, oh, you know, it's just she's one of many, yeah, like, and and she actually doesn't even stack up because I'm using this bullshit fucking criteria, yeah. Um, it's like, um, have you seen? Is it Nikki Glaser, her new newest special? I don't think so. Oh my god, she has this brilliant, brilliant fucking line, and I'm just like, 
you're a genius. Um, she's talking about her vagina mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, basically just like every woman kind of feels weird about her vagina, mm-hmm. like, cause we're taught to basically. Yes. And, yeah. but then also, and so she, she talking, it, it smells like tuna fish. It's never the right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You bleed out of it. It's gross. Yeah. Um, what is it? That stupid saying that misogynists like to, to use, like, I don't trust anything that bleeds for seven days and doesn't die. Yeah. Like that bullshit. Anyway. It's like you shouldn't because I will murder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because anyway. anything you can do, I can do bleeding. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, but anyway, so she's describing her own vagina and she, <laughs> she says it, it looks like a hastily packed suitcase. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just love it so I've much. i heard this and I, yeah. it is just such a good line. It's so, it's like, such a great visual perfectly image. descriptive, but also, like, yeah, like, Vaginas kind of are weird. Yeah. Penises are weirder. Yeah. And also like, it, it's, it's not even like, we, we, we don't even talk about like vaginas and female anatomy. We talk about it in such a fucking cleansed Clorox. Yeah. Like, oh, the, the human anatomy of a woman. If you look at a woman, she's just physically more attractive, her <laughs> body than a man is. Right. And it's like. Well, then let her spread her legs and let's see her fucking labia and the Renaissance paintings. And then let's really talk about why and how a woman is beautiful. Because I'm really fucking tired of this idea of, like, these people that go on and on about um, women's bodies are more objectively, aesthetically pleasing than men's. Right. Sure. I would challenge these people and then say, then let's talk about women's vaginas. If you think, like, women are so beautiful. I mean, other than, like, (laughs) the curves and the hips. It's like the forgotten element of the conversation that people have when they talk about women being more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Like the vagina is supposed to be hidden, packed yeah. away, not yeah. looked at, not yeah. talked about. Well, and that's the other thing too. Then, I mean, for, you know, a person seeing another person's vagina for the first time, but like not really having any information about vaginas, like it must be really confusing for them too to look at it and be like, I have to like, figure out how to like please this sexually and so then i think that a lot of people skew the other way get afraid and then just start shaming yeah and then like, and, like and that's the just about... go to it's like nothing's wrong with me i didn't do anything wrong like it's that person's gross vagina that's the problem yes and i can think about this uh, a couple girls that i went to high school with that were teased and taunted i can remember yeah. things that were said about yeah. their fucking genitalia the yep. way it smelled same. same the way it looked and i just think like uh, that there are so many of those women among us Mm -hmm. and I hope to God we find a way to reclaim our identity and our genitalia yeah because that's a young age for somebody to start talking about Mm. because you carry that shame I mean think about like I had a boyfriend in seventh grade who said some horrible things about my nose. I've never let those things down. I I haven't had the misfortune of somebody talking shit about my vagina. But I was at a dinner party one one time and a man said aloud and I should have punched him in the face. He's like, well, we all just know that interior labia are more attractive than exterior labia. Oh, and I was like, as somebody who owns an Indian and Audi, yeah. like, <laughs> no, I, I've definitely heard so many, com- like not so many, but I've, I've been present for conversations where people are talking about like how a vagina should look mm-hmm. and like what it should look like. And I'm like, no, 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 there is no should like, yeah. there's no, there are also no two vaginas that are the same. Yes. And there's so many variations and and thank God for and it. And thank God for it. But it's like, why do you have to feel like strange that yours looks one way versus another? I don't know. It's just a, it's just a level of sex, uh, sex and slut shaming that is so confusing, too, because it's like, why are you doing this? Do you ever want to have sex with another woman again? You're like talking shit about one woman's vagina in front of a bunch of other women. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's made and it's like what's crazy is that when we're young enough and secure enough and whatever the circumstances are we sometimes buy it yeah and then we're like shit like maybe my vagina smells like fish or maybe my i have exterior labia and not interior and people won't like right the way my vagina looks and then we again it's hidden right we don't talk about it so it's like maybe what someone labels you as it's very probably easy to buy that because where are you going to go to get an alternative perspective? Totally. Unless you're like going to a bookstore and seeking out like some feminist literature. Right. I mean, 
maybe you've got like a great mom and a great support system who no you- there's a lot of good support on the internet but yeah. yeah back in the day when there wasn't any of that it was very like very confusing and, and also it's just sort of like puts a damper on everything because you're like because trust me people nothing <laughs> makes sex worse and stops you from having a good time more than you having to like think about your genitals yeah <laughs> like and all no. of your focus yeah, being you there yeah. like you know other than thinking about like what makes it feel good like thinking about you know like smells and shapes and you know whatever is just that's not sexy no and, it's a, <laughs> and people should enjoy sex that's the other thing that i hate about slut shaming is that it tries to take the enjoy the inherent joy enjoyment out of it yeah for a certain group of people you're and right. say like you're not allowed to like this no you're not allowed you're not allowed to like this and if you do like it you're gonna fucking pay for it right and yeah. who are the people who want to be having sex with people who don't like it they're yeah. called rapists <laughs> like why would you want that yeah, <laughs> like, it's so inherently fucked up yeah 100 percent. and i feel like too like it doesn't end like after you go to high school or like you leave college like even as a grown woman like i still encounter people who you know slut shame and say things that are and and they would be offended if you said you're slut shaming they'd be like no i'm you know what i mean right but to be honest like if a woman enjoys herself Mm-hmm. take that however you want right and she's having a good time right. nothing seems to piss people off and make them want to gossip faster exactly. than that and it's so like true. and it's like she's confident she knows what she wants and she, she maybe she literally asked for it and right. said yeah this is what i want right somehow people are threatened and i want to be like okay let's you know what if that works for you and you know what you want and you mm-hmm. ask for it Great. Right. Men have been fucking not asking for it and just taking it. Exactly. So the least we can do is ask. Right. And I mean, there's nothing more wonderful in life than knowing what you want and being able to achieve it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's a part of it, too, where people people do get like jealous and of seeing other people like achieve goals and achieve things that they set out to do. And, you know, other people feel, like, blocked from being able to do it for whatever reason. So maybe that's, like, inherent part of, like, adult slut-shaming. Yeah. Or they're just sort of like, I would like to live that way, too, but I haven't set my world up to look like that. So then I'm just going to say that's wrong. Yeah. Like, what that person is doing is wrong. Like, having, like, multiple partners at once or, you know, having other, you know, non-traditional type relationships or, you know, any of that. We have to, like, tear it apart. Yeah. So my challenge would be um, that we make an effort to talk openly about ways that we've been slut-shamed. Yeah. Talk about the narrative and reclaim it and say, absolutely not. No. And then also just to say, like, hey, if you're not harming yourself or others, like, what, why should anybody care what you get up to with your own body? It doesn't matter. No. And it's none of their business. None of their business. And you know what? If they're talking about you, it probably means they have very little else to say. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And also, um, like I said, people really, really dislike seeing a happy woman who's in control. Yep. Like nothing makes men, especially. And unfortunately, a lot of women uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I want to open up to listeners if you feel comfortable, like, talking about a time. I mean, I can remember, like, a popular slut-shaming thing that was, like, going on when I was in. Um, and I, I, I mentioned it a couple times on the podcast tonight. Um, uh, everybody, the, the tuna fish smell and the yeah. fish smell. That right. was a very big one. Yeah. It was your genitalia stinks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to the point of, like, girls at school like becoming obsessed with douching which right. is just like so it's not sad. good for your vagina no. vagina self-cleaning vagina is self-cleaning and you shouldn't use perfumes and douches in it it doesn't it makes the matter worse actually yeah. and it doesn't like it it doesn't so like it's it gonna make it and irritated. it smells great yeah it's smells... smell delightful <laughs> yeah this I, I feel i mean you know i know lesbian but <laughs> i personally love them yeah 
there there's no there's no um there's no right or wrong way for your vagina to smell. And you know what? While we're fucking talking about smells. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about some Can we talk some about some rotten ass balls yes. smell? Can we also talk another thing about balls where I said, you're not harming yourself or anybody else. Men. Or people, people with penises. <sighs> Clean your balls. If you're going to be having sex with a Wash vagina... Wash your balls because why, why isn't there shaming for, um, the number of, um, UTIs, uh, dirty balls have given dirty balls, <laughs> number one spreader of UTIs, number one spreader. Yep. Yeah. I, like so many women or people with vaginas get them from dirty, dirty balls. But we don't talk about it. And we that. don't ever talk about it. No. And it's like, why? I mean, okay, I don't want to shame anybody, but like that is something at least to, that's worthy of discussion. Wash your balls. <laughs> Wash I had a balls. male primary care doctor um, growing up, and then I saw him into college, which was probably a mistake. And I was getting UTIs and I was going through a breakup and I was sleeping with new people mm. and I kept getting these UTIs. And so I went to him finally and I was like, I've been doing like the over-the-counter ASO standard, like, mm. uh, which I used to carry in my purse. Like, you never know. Yeah. And then like, I got this antibiotic prescription and he was like, oh, he's like, do you have a, a, a new interest? And I was like oh, yeah, like I ended a long-term relationship, so I've been seeing some new people. And he's like, oh, honeymoon-itis. And oh, he's, like, you may, he's like, you may find that you need, um, you know, azo standard, stay hydrated, cranberry juice. He's right. like, this is just something. Like, how lovely would it have been in that moment if he was like, oh, yeah, well, fecal matter sometimes right. gets on the scrotum. And tell you, your partners to wash their balls. Tell your new partners to wash the balls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could save. And I felt so much shame in that moment. Right. Like, right. honey, oh, honeymoonitis. Like, right. basically, like, oh, you just went through this breakup. So now you're out, like, having a lot of sex and just really living it up. Well, and it's and like, just like the standard story from the beginning of time. It's just telling women to put the responsibility of everything on themselves. Like that whole, like, well, you just didn't get up and pee right after sex. Oh, and yes. you're like, I was drunk. It was 2 a.m. and I was exhausted. Yeah. And we just had a lot of fun, but hopefully like his balls were clean so I could just <laughs> fall asleep. I did not want to get up and have to pee immediately. We, I have a funny like disclosure from my marriage, which I'm sure my husband will be fine with. Um, when we were on uh, our honeymoon, we, we had sex uh, just once or twice. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, we were in this lovely place. And I got up right after because I was so nervous about getting a UTI while yeah, we were in Europe. No, that would be horrible. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get antibiotics, yada, yada. So these are things are going through my head. So we're in, we were like post-coitus and like, I'm in the bathroom and I'm like, I, I don't need to pee. And it's like you were saying, like, and I was kind of tipsy. Right. And so I'm like sitting on the toilet and like, I'm like, well, maybe the bidet. And so I'm oh like pressing God. buttons and like trying to figure things out because I can't pee. And he's just like, like kind of like knocks on the door like, and is like, he's like, you okay? And I'm like, I can't fucking pee. And he's just like, oh, and I'm like, I have to pee. And he knows, you know, yeah, yeah, but he yeah. was like laughing. Oh like, my God. Because I was just like, but sometimes you can't. You yeah. just can't pee. Yeah, that's true. I mean, boy, boy. I be, do, do men not know that that's a thing? Like, Jamie did, but I, I know that. Maybe a lot of people don't. May, I think a lot of people don't. I don't, yeah. I feel like I told him, I, I don't know that he knew yeah. already, but I mean, it was something even when we started dating, like he, he understood like yeah. why after sex, I would immediately be like, please pee, please pee. <laughs> because like once yeah. you've been burned. Yeah. Pun a completely intended um, by a UTI. Like, oh my God, it's, you just, it does. It burns. It burns. My my least favorite part of a UTI because, well, there are so many, but is the urgency. Yeah. The feeling like you constantly, constantly have, have to go. Pee. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I just went to the bathroom. And then you go and it's like two drops. Yep. And, and it and also it burns. Burns. And you're like, it's so oh my uncom- God. And you're why? like, you feel a slight relief for a second and then it goes right back to the urgency burn. 
Yeah. Like the peeing burn, you're just like, okay, at least something's coming out and maybe it'll, maybe it'll stop. Maybe it'll go away. And then just like drinking like cranberry juice and Azo standard. That's why I used to carry it in my purse because like once you have had a bad UTI, you never want to be caught in a situation where you don't have something. And the fun thing about UTI, uh, about Azo standard is like the crazy color it makes your Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's an added bonus that's when you dye the uh, inside of a toilet <laughs> yeah. because the red dye or whatever exactly. it is, is. Yeah, no, it's funny because, um, you know, okay, so if, if, if listeners, you think we're completely off base about this balls situation, let me give you a story. So I used to date men. Um, that's no secret. Um, so I have definitely experienced this situation. Um, Many a time, actually, I've had a lot of UTIs in my day that have actually turned into like serious kidney infections because I, first of all, didn't know what a UTI was, like because of you know fun sex ed or lack thereof. I didn't know the symptoms or signs of a UTI, and I had no idea that they would turn into kidney infections. So, got a couple of those. Um, But anywho, um, so talking to uh, a lesbian person who I know who has not had very many, if any, encounters with men. Never had a UTI. Not once. Never. I just, I really want, like, if this were, like, a film, you, like, cut to me in, like, a white lab coat, and I'm like, science! (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes, we've figured it out. Yes, we've figured it out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, okay, tangent, but, and, you know, of course, we, we, we definitely know that there are more in many ways that UTIs happen and that you can get them. Of course. I just think they would be a lot less common if people washed their balls. Well, balls are sacred and we're not allowed to talk about them. We just have to revere them as being very sensitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, so can you... Sensitive. Do you remember... Careful. Anybody I mean, sensitive. talking about a guy's balls in terms of, like, shaming situation? You know, no, like they're how just the, sensitive. Yeah. You have to be careful. You, you have to, yeah. I learned this lesson in first grade oh. when my parents did not dress me in green for uh, St. Patrick's Day, and I wore a pink dress to school. Oh, someone pinched you. Someone pinched me, and I kicked them in the balls. Excellent. And then my lecture from my parents was that balls are sensitive, and I shouldn't ever kick a man there unless a man's oh. trying to hurt me, really hurt me. And then if a man's trying to really hurt me, and I just remember being like, this conversation has taken a way first grade. And I'm just like, what do you mean really hurt me? Yeah. Like, like, why would anybody do that? Yeah. Like, why are they trying to hurt me so bad? And why am I only allowed to do it then? And is this going to happen soon? Like it was just, yeah. So crazy. But yeah. So my introduction to balls was they're very sensitive. Don't, Don't touch them. them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, <sighs> let's stop talking about I'm yeah. getting kind of. I'm, I'm, You're made uncomfortable. I'm, well, I'm just like. Well, I'll get mad. Weird. I'll get mad, and I'll start like, yeah, just getting so frustrated by the fact that like those things in that area like controls so much of like Everything. life and the world Everything. and. And they're also... They've even ruined architecture. They have ruined architecture. What isn't phallic? And then, you know, we look at these sculptural things that now that are like, we're seeing more women in the field of architecture. So we're looking at different spheres, mm. like spherical shapes. Mm. And like, and I'm just like, hello, that's feminism in architecture. Like, because not everything's a giant erect penis that has to shoot into the sky. Excellent. And perfect. I'm PMSing <laughs> right now and I am loving this topic. And I'm just really happy we chose it. Um... Can I take us down a second? Please. It's going to get a little dark. Okay. So um, just speaking of like the ways that like slut shaming can get like really, really controlling and kind of in a horrific way. (coughs) Excuse me. My throat just got dry. Um, I read. Yeah. (laughs) I got a tickle. (laughs) Um, I read this article this weekend. Um about the Amish community. Have you read this article? I um, put a star in it and it's saved in my to read. I read the whole thing because I could not stop because I was so horrified. But I mean, we can talk about that in a larger context in later. But um, one of the things, so this article is about uh, pervasive sexual abuse and um, incest in the Amish community Ugh. because it's a closed community run by men that doesn't have access trust. to the outside world. I do And they stop ed- education after eighth grade 
So there are all these women who are very, very vulnerable and very, you know, so a, a lot of this is happening. Two things broke my heart. One, um, because of the lack of education and the non-existent sex education, but then they literally stop educating the women after eighth grade, um, girls after mm-hmm. eighth grade. Um, when they I did end up, is. yeah, exactly. Because, well, mm-hmm. when they did end up being able to report, um, the sexual violence against them, they didn't even have words for their genitals. They didn't have words for it. So Mm. like describing it was an extra layer of shame. You can't just Uh. say like this happened. Like you have to actually describe what happened. And can Uh. you imagine having to not only relive that, but then go through the shameful thing of like not knowing how to even talk words to say, to talk about it. Like that is just horrific to me. And I think that just, it makes me so fucking angry. Um, but then too, the community. Um, and I think that this happens in our community too, or like, you know, in the wider society also the community, when they would find out about, you know, like sexual, uh, assault, sometimes they would hold the man accountable by just like shunning him and not like having him at meals or whatever, but they held the woman and oftentimes girl, Hmm. equally responsible as if she was like implicit <sighs> in an affair and they treat it as an affair and not as assault against that shit makes me just want to light the world on fire it is like it's a dumpster fire so like, frustrating just, and yeah and like and then you're just layering on more shame because your entire community is telling you that you were like it makes me want to cry. I'm I know. Like, again, PMS. Like I'm like on the verge of tears. I'm sorry. I know. Like, I'm like we're no, going I'm dark. Just like God damn it. But you know what? It's it make it, it's just it's infuriating. And again, it goes back to the whole like it's all about like control, yep. power, yep. fear of women. And you yep. know, after watching my sister birth a fucking nine pound baby boy <laughs> without any medication, not shaming people who use medication. I'm just saying. That was her circumstance. That um, he came so fast, she didn't have the option. Um, I firmly am like, I get it. Yeah, they're terrified of this because it's so powerful. It's the most powerful thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I'll never forget it. It's like it may be one of the the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. Yeah, and not like in a I can't wait to do it myself. <laughs> right, you know, right, like right. but in a like fuck, women are amazing. Yeah, I was just talking to my sister the other day. And uh, she was joking. She said, I told mom, she's like, if there's anybody who is making Daniela a more radicalized feminist, it's me. I should never let her see a woman give birth. <laughs> she's not wrong. No, I was like, yeah. I, I told her, I was like, I left. I met up with like Jamie, Lily, and Stephanie. I was like, why don't women rule everything? <laughs> women are because so powerful. We're so powerful and they're so scared. They're so threatened mm. by our power. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think that that is an inherent, inherent part of slut shaming mm-hmm. is, is trying to take away somebody else's power because you see them have, I wouldn't say too much of it, but you see somebody like take, um, take pleasure in their body and in their life and in their place in society. And mm-hmm. like, just like, especially the people who do it unapologetically. Yeah. And of course, like there are people who want to tear that down because yeah. it's threatening. Yeah. It threatens their way of life. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at it right now with this administration, this whole... Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to look to them. You can just fucking close your eyes, spin yeah. in a circle, and yeah. stop what you land on and you're pointing at is probably something that's, like, inherently misogynistic and right. fear-based. Well, and then another thing, like, you know, I think that with slut-shaming, there is um, kind of that sort of, like, fake news bullshit where it's, like... T- talking about things that aren't true it's a lot of lying also yeah that comes along with it and like trying to skew the truth away from the like power of a woman yeah and like to use it against her use the act against her and like absolutely and cloud it and make it dirty she was asking for it right she wouldn't you know the whole she shouldn't have worn that skirt or whatever yeah it's it's like they they, they want to have it both ways, right? Mm-hmm. They want you to be chaste and, um, you know, kind of coy and virgin-like. But then they also, like, what do you, like, a cock tease? Like, what do you, right. like, there's, like, this dichotomy. And then, mm-hmm. go, ahead, go ahead. Well, But just, like, how is, 
how is that better? Like, how is it like, you know, because here's the thing. So say you stay like really like uh, for lack of a better term, like ice queen or whatever, and you stay away from sex. Like, say you just are like above it all and I'm just uh, celibate, basically. There's nothing in no skeletons in my closet, so to speak, that like you can uncover or whatever. But why is that better? That but, seems you know, less human to me I'm than somebody who's it. had a bunch of sex. And here's the thing. Now that we're talking about it and we're reaching the very end of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. I, I something is dawning on me here. Yeah. It's, it is truly a way to turn women against each other. Yeah. Because you sit the virgin down at the table with the girl who's like the slut and they're judging each other equally as harshly. Yeah, that's true. Equally as harshly. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just another way of controlling women and controlling this dialogue yeah no it absolutely is it's definitely about control i just think that like how can we help sort of change the societal societal narrative against like it being like one way is better than the other way it yeah. should be like whatever is right for you <laughs> I know, like I'm- if you never want to have sex awesome if you want to have sex every single day every single hour whatever awesome you if you're not harming yourself and you're not harming anybody else yes and i just want to do something that i've been doing a lot lately and i've been revisiting her music a lot and i'm just gonna do yet another ani mention i Uh keep doing these but she's got this great song about uh promiscuity and the great line and i i just hope that maybe if you needed to hear it you could listen to the song uh she says promiscuity is traveling, but there are many ways to see the, and there are many ways to see the world. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. And it's just kind of like this idea of promiscuity and it's like, no, like how far is enough or not far enough? You're not going to know unless you do a little traveling. And you know, and some of us like to stay closer to home. Exactly. And that's okay too. And that is totally fine. And she addresses it in the song because she is a goddess amongst us. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, because like, you know, whether or not you look at it this way or not, I I think that sex can be self-discovery mm-hmm. and it can also just be like kind of seeing what's out there. Like what types of people 100%. are out there? Like what types of energies are out there? Like what types of like, you know, even the ways that people like have sex, like technique, like what's out there? Like for a lot of people it is, it's kind of like, I'm just Exploring. traveling around a little bit and yeah. seeing like what's what up works. and like what, what I like, what I don't like. And there's 100%. nothing wrong with, like, testing. Right. And like we always say, like, if you're not hurting yourself or someone else, there's no problem, right? Like, right. if you're in a situation where you're just playing around to learn and you get to say, like, it turns out I didn't like that. Right. Or it turns out I really like that. Right. You know? Like, that's what sexual experimentation is. Absolutely. And it should be encouraged. Yeah. Ooh, and I would like to say... um, Within that, you can decide mid-sex that you don't like that thing. Oh, yes. And then the partner and person that you're with should absolutely stop when you ask them to. Yes. And that is 100% valid and, like, necessary. The amount of women that I know who are in committed relationships with men and they have told me that one of their, like, pet peeves which it should be called something else but i won't use that word (laughs) is when they say like stop that hurts and their Mm. partner doesn't stop oh yeah nope not okay not okay never stop means stop stop means stop i'm uncomfortable means i'm uncomfortable even when i was on board like when this started if i'm not on board now that is valid yeah and if and if the stop thing is like oh you wanted it maybe maybe try a safe word or maybe just stab him (laughs) <laughs> kick him in the balls kick him in the balls <laughs> they're so sensitive they're so sensitive they're so sensitive yeah um <laughs> we've had so much fun yeah being with you for episode two season two yep um thanks for joining us yet yeah. again thanks for hanging out um yeah this so, was a good one yeah and i mean I, we we honestly would love to like hear your stories um you know contribute to this conversation please what did we miss what did we get right we missed everything we missed a lot because we always do because we got a lot wrong because we always do <laughs> exactly but that's exactly. why we're doing this exactly so that you can tell us and we can learn and yep. we can talk about it yep so um if you want to hit us up at um uh, 
shamepot at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you even want to be anonymous from us, then just set up a dummy email. But of course, we will always keep you anonymous. Even if it's like your name is Ann Taylor. I don't know why I thought of Ann Taylor, Ann Taylor Law. Interesting place yeah. to go. But, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Ann Ta- if your name is Ann yeah, Taylor okay. Law. Yeah. Um, if your name is Ann Taylor and you're literally like Ann Taylor at Gmail and you're like, I wish to be anonymous. We would like, never say. You're anonymous. You're completely anonymous. Yeah. We value everyone's voice and everyone's ability to choose when and how they tell their story. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, reach out if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also hit us up on the, sh- the socials. We're going to try to get more active on the socials. Yes. That's yes, our that's goal. That's coming. Yep. That's coming. And after this episode, I'm going to like write down some notes of things I promised you. Right. So, and hopefully, um, I'll do a good job of getting all of them. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay. So we will, uh, Talk to you in a uh, a, a week. Safe travels to Paolo. Oh, yeah. Paolo going on a trip. Going on a journey. All right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll, you know, so I, I keep getting tempted to say, I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Let's do that. We will see you next Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Take good care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> see you next I love it.